All right, welcome everyone to the Truth First Missions Biblical Prophecy Podcast, where we examine biblical prophecy in light of current events. We are living in some perilous times, folks. We are living in some perilous times, but you know what? God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. He's also given us his word that we may understand the times that we are living in and that we may not be caught unawares. One thing we have to realize right now, folks, is that deception is at an all-time high. And I'm going to use this example. I'm going to call it the two Ds, as in dog. D as in dog. The two Ds. We're in a time of deception, but we're also in a time of distractions. Because we have a lot of media outlets and we have access to a lot of media in our possession, whether it's on our phones, tablets, laptops, TVs, smart TVs, all these things we have access to. We can get so much information and we can get overloaded with information, overloaded with data that we can't hear the word of God anymore. We can't hear the spoken word of God. That is the rhema word of God, the spoken living word of God for us to be led by him. And this podcast, the goal of this podcast is to get you back to the word of God. The word of God is the truth. Jesus himself said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus was praying that in John 17 in his high priestly prayer where he was praying to the father and saying, Lord, sanctify them, set them apart by what? By your truth. Your word is truth. The Bible scripture from the old testament to the new testament it's all truth not what you're listening to on the media not what you're getting on youtube even if it's christian even if it, even if it has christian veneer if you're not in the bible and if you're not reading the bible for yourself studying it you you are susceptible to deception the deception is really strong in this day and age so this podcast it's not only about prophecy and it's not only about what's coming, but it's also about getting you back into the word of God for you yourself to look at the scriptures we go through, study it yourself, fact check me on it and reach out to me. If I uh, share this with you on uh, messenger, WhatsApp, wherever I share this with you at, reach out to me, reach back. If I made a mistake or you want to challenge me on something, please do. Iron sharpens iron. So we need that right now. We need the word of God to sharpen us. The word of God is the sword of the spirit, is the only offensive weapon in the armory. It's the only offensive weapon. All the other weapons and all the other parts of the armory that the Lord has given us, the battle suit, I would call it, right? The suit that we wear, the uniform that we wear for battle in the spiritual war. The only one that we have that's offensive is the sword of the spirit. Everything else is defensive, but the sword is offensive. We can attack back. We have to realize that, especially now. There's so much information that you're being overloaded with. You have to be aware of how you're hearing. Jesus himself said, be aware of how you hear. Be aware of how you hear. How you hear is very important. What you hear is also important. There's so many people on Facebook trying to teach the Bible. They haven't been trained. They haven't been uh, uh, even discipled. They feel like they know certain things. 
And right away they're jumping on a social media platform. And if they sound good and they're charismatic, they'll draw you in. They'll draw you in. And you have to be very careful for this. You have to be very careful for this type of uh, deception, I would call it. Now, I'm not saying that everybody on Facebook or that uses social media are people that are unlearned or untrained. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you have to know who's speaking the truth and who has a word in season. How good it is when we have a word in season. And the word in season now is that God's judgments are on the earth. Listen, it might not be a message that gets a lot of hallelujahs. It might not be a message that gets a lot of applause and amens and people are jumping back and forth. It might not even be encouraging to the flesh. But understand this, if you're in Christ and God's judgments are on the earth, that means that your redemption is drawing near. He said this in Luke 21. When you see these things happen, look up. For your redemption is drawing nigh. It's drawing near. But if you're not in Christ and you're listening to me, I implore you, meaning I beg you, I beseech you. I'll use some biblical language here. Get with Jesus. He predicted what you're watching right now. What you're seeing on the news, what you're seeing right now all over the place on Facebook, people suddenly dying and just crazy chaos, just chaos is being let loose. Jesus predicted this. It's in the Bible. That's why we do these podcasts. So if you're not a believer in Christ, I implore you, I beg you, give your life to Jesus. Surrender your life. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've fallen short of your glory. I can't meet your standard. And I need to say, I need a savior. I need somebody to stand in between me and my sin. And Jesus did that for you. He went to the cross for you 2000 years ago. He died for your sin. And he wants you to follow him and live a life of relationship with him. And that's through his word. When you read the Bible, you get the mind of Christ. You get the mind of God. You can understand what's happening. And you don't have to have fear. So this is why we make these podcasts. This is episode 7 of the Truth First Missions podcast. Biblical prophecy and light of current events. Let's get right into it. Our opening text, what we were talking about. On episode 6, we were talking about Matthew 24, verses uh, excuse me, 36 through 37. What does Jesus say the last days are going to look like? We have to pay attention to these small clues. I'm going to try to keep this podcast as short as possible so you can get some spiritual meat. Take it with you, read it, meditate on it, and see me again the day after. Because we're going to keep this short, succinct, right to the point. But we want to keep it burning in your spirit for the next time. So this is what Jesus says. This is Matthew 24. This is the Olivet Discourse. Okay, when the disciples asked them, what is the sign of your coming? What is the sign of the end of the age? This is a major portion in scripture, a major prophetic portion in scripture where we need to rightly divide. So let's start with this here. This is Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse. That's what it's called. Verses 36 through 37. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, pay attention here. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the son of man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Until that day, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know. Until the flood came and took them all away. So also, 
so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. So he basically laid it out. He said before the flood, they didn't know that this was coming. They didn't know the flood was coming. They were eating, drinking, and marrying. And in episode 8, we're going to go into the depths of what this really, really means spiritually. The eating, the drinking, and the marrying. But right now, we want to pay attention to what was happening in Noah's day. Because if Jesus himself said, such as in the days of Noah, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. That means that we have to go back to the days of Noah and understand what was going on at that time. We have to understand it. And we go back to Genesis, the beginning. The book of Genesis is called the book of beginnings. The beginning. And let me tell you, God has declared in his word, in multiple passages, in Isaiah and in other uh, prophets, major and minor, that he declares the beginning from, he declares, excuse me, the end from the beginning. He declares the end from the beginning. He always says that. That means that if we are students of the beginning, we will know how the end is going to play out. And most people don't read their Old Testament. The Old Testament makes up a large portion of the Bible, but we don't read it because we say, well, we're not under the law anymore. That's true. We're not. But what did Paul say? That all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. It's God breathed. All scripture. He didn't just say the New Testament or the epistles. Even at that time, Paul did not know he was writing the New Testament. He was writing letters. He was writing epistles to the churches. He didn't really know that he was writing the New Testament for us today. So at that time, he was talking about the Old Testament. All scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. It's God breathed. That's the translation. It's God breathed. It breathes. God breathed on his word. So if you want a deeper relationship with God, you got to get into his word in a deeper way. Not just devotionally, not just reading a little devotional on the Bible app. Not saying that that's not good, but you got to really read the Bible and you got to fight through the mental blockages and the flesh that says, I don't want to read this no more. I don't understand it. Trust God that he'll open it up to you. Trust him. So we see here right now that in Matthew 24, Jesus says, so when he comes back, it's going to be like the times of Noah. We see that in verse 36 and 37 of Matthew 24. Now look what it says in Genesis. We're going to go to Genesis now. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 5. All right. And we're going to go into a little bit of what was going on during that time. Now you should go to Genesis chapter 5 as we're doing this today and read it yourself. Read the few verses. Check it out. And look what it says here. It says here. Oh, excuse me. I want to correct that. It's Genesis chapter 4 verses 25 through 26 let's correct that here this is genesis chapter 4 verses 25 and 26 now we have to realize that this part of history the time of adam when adam fell when adam and eve fell and were kicked out of the garden to the time of the flood that is called the antediluvian age i'm going to repeat that so you can get this from the time of adam and eve being kicked out after creation when they were kicked out of eden <clears throat> excuse me, when they were kicked out of Eden from the time of the flood, Noah's flood, that is called the antediluvian age. There was an age of history that God was still working in mankind and he was still working through mankind. And we're going to see that here. 
Let's read chapter 4 of Genesis verses 25 through 26. Please follow me. I'm going to be moving quickly so we can wrap up episode 7 and move on to episode 8. And it says here, and Adam knew his wife. That means that he slept with his wife. And she bore a son and named him Seth. Okay, so remember Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. And this is the background. Now, we got to remember something that Cain and Abel weren't the only two people or the, they were not the only four people. Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel were not the only four people at that time. We got to realize that. Some people asked, asked that question, but they weren't. Adam and Eve were multiplying. She was bearing children, but it was that Cain and Abel, that, that murder that affected her. And that murder, God was involved in that murder. We're also going to do a teaching on that in a couple of episodes to understand what really took place spiritually with Cain and Abel killing killing Abel his brother what Cain what Cain was doing and what does that represent but I don't want to shift off topic here this is Genesis chapter 4 verses 25 through 26 let's read it and Adam knew his wife again okay so it says Adam consumed uh, consummated with his wife again and she bore a son and named him Seth for God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel that's what Eve was saying whom Cain killed and verse 26 says, and as for Seth, to him also a son was born. So now it's going into his lineage. And he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. So at that time when Seth bore his son Enosh, not Enoch, but Enosh, O-S-H, E-N-O-S-H, that men started calling on the name of the Lord. Okay, so now there was a part of humanity that started seeking God. But now look at what Genesis 6 says, and we're going to skip through 5, because it goes through the lineage from Adam to Noah. And we can do that on a later podcast, maybe in episode 9, when I give you the lineage of Adam and Noah, and each name stands for something, and it actually reveals a message. But I don't want to get off topic here. I want to read Genesis 6, chapter 1, or excuse me, Genesis 6, verse 1, verses 1 through 11. Look what it says here. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them. That means that men were populating the earth and they were having children. And obviously they were having daughters. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Now this is a big controversy and I'm going to be very quick with this. The sons of God, the sons of God, I'm going to repeat this. The sons of God are not human beings. In the Old Testament, when the Old Testament is stating the sons of God, it is talking about direct creations from God's hand. Direct creations created by God directly. We are not sons of God created directly by God. We are sons of God because we've accepted Jesus Christ. See? The Bible says you have the authority now to be called sons of God because you've accepted his name and his name is Jesus Christ. We are we are back in the family of God. So we are sons of God, but we're not directly created by God. We are descendants of Adam. All of us are born into iniquity and sin. We're, we're born into it. We are fallen the minute we hit this earth and we come out of our mother's wombs. Because we are fallen. We are descendants of Adam. 
he bore that curse of sin. We have to be redeemed and born again through the blood of Jesus. Once we receive Jesus Christ, we are sons of God. Okay, and that means daughters as well, brothers and sisters. But the sons of God in the Old Testament, and you're gonna see you're gonna see this throughout the Old Testament, in Job and Genesis, it is talking about angelic beings. The translation for the sons of God in Genesis, in Job, is called the Bena Elohim. The Bena Elohim. That is the Hebrew translation of that word, the sons of God. Okay? So we're talking about angelic beings. We're talking about angelic beings. Now, how did they mate with women? That's the mystery. And there's a lot of conjecture on how that happened. Okay? But look what it says here. Let's go back to verse 3. And the Lord said, this is Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Now remember, before, before this chapter, people were living up to 900 years, 800 years, 700 years. Adam lived 900 years. Methuselah lived 900 and something years. These people were living for a long time. But look what God said. I'm cutting the year short. Why was God cutting the year short? That's the question. Wouldn't that be great if he allowed people to live 700, 800, 900 years? The problem is that wickedness at that time was increasing. That time when Adam was kicked out of the garden until the flood, wickedness was increasing. It started getting worse and worse until we see what God said. Listen, I have to do away with humanity. Let's keep reading here. Verse 3, Genesis chapter 6. It says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. For he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. He pronounced the sentence there. There were giants. Now look at how the, look at how the scripture shifts here. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God, once again, that word, Bena Elohim, that's the original language. You can fact check me on that. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, okay? They were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. The offspring of this angelic and human consummation, the angelic and human sexual uh, activity, what came about that was what they call the Nephilim. This translation, this translation says there were giants on the earth in those days. Other translations say the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. The Nephilim in the original Hebrew is translated the fallen ones. So the Nephilim are the offspring of the sons of God, which are angelic beings and the women of the, the women that they made it with at the time they're in Noah's age and generation. And look what he says here in verse 5. We're going to finish through verse 5 through 7. It says, Then the Lord saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth. Okay? And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, we got to be very honest with ourselves. We see that now. It says, The intent of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. It's getting there. Verse six, and it says, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man 
whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. But this is very important. Listen to this. Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. How do we find grace in a generation of wickedness? We find grace through Jesus Christ, through his blood, through his sacrifice, how he laid down his life. That's how we find grace. We find grace by accepting the Lord's sacrifice on our behalf and walking with him and walking faithfully. Look at what it says here. Verse 9. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Now, this is this is where it's at right here. This is the mystery of the kingdom of God. Noah was not a perfect man because after the flood, he had planted a vineyard and he got drunk. Noah was a human being. He had he had frailties. Okay, he had frailties. He had issues too. But he was perfect in his generation. He was a just man. That word for perfect in the Hebrew is called ta'im. It is called ta'im. I want to repeat that again. The word for perfect in the Hebrew in the original language of the Old Testament is called ta'im. That means that he was unblemished. Okay, he was unblemished. That means that he was intact. The same word ta'im is the same word used for the sacrifice in the temple that the priest had to offer God during, during the Levitical laws. That word ta'im is unblemished. He was intact. It's the same word used when the Levitical priest had to present an offering, a sacrifice to the Lord under the Levitical laws. Noah was a perfect man, meaning he was intact. He was unblemished. That means during Noah's time, there was something going on in the gene pool. When angels made it with women and they created the offspring, the Nephilim, they created that offspring. It started messing with humanity's DNA and genetic gene pool. It started changing humanity, literally. And God saw that. A lot of people. A lot of people do not agree with this. But the original language points this out. You can't get away from the original language. See, we have English translations. But yet when we read the scriptures, they're in Hebrew. And you can see that the Bena Elohim are angelic beings. In its context, in other places where Bena Elohim, the sons of God, are being used in the Old Testament, they are angelic beings. That's very important for you to understand. There was something that happened in humanity during that time, during the time between Adam, Noah, and before the flood, that humanity was being contaminated with another gene, with another genetic type. It was turning people beyond human. That's where you have the Nephilim and there were giants on the earth in those days. Some translations say the giants were on the earth in those days and afterwards. You see the children of Israel go into the promised land. They spy it out. And why did the ten, the, the ten spies came back fearful? Why did they come back fearful? Because they said we saw giants in the land. Caleb and Joshua, they made the 12. It was 12 spies that went into the promised land to scope it out, to spy it out. But the 10 came back with a bad report and said, hey, there's giants in the land. They were saying that literally, not figuratively. 
But Joshua and Caleb had faith in the Lord that they, the land was given to them. They just had to be obedient and proceed. And this is what we see in the scripture. It confirms it. The word of God confirms. He confirms his word. He says there were giants on the earth in those days and Noah's day and afterwards. That's a mystery. Let's read the last uh, three verses here for the night. It says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Remember, Taim, unblemished, unspotted. He was intact. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. The flesh was corrupted. All human beings were corrupted. But there was, there was violence. Violence filled the earth. What do we see now, everyone? We see violence filling the earth. There's three levels. And we're going to close with this tonight. There's three levels here. What we see in the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus says it's going to be like the days of Noah. And it's going to be like the days of Lot. And we're going to go into that in uh, future episodes. But in the days of Noah, you had moral corruption, spiritual corruption, but then you also had genetic corruption. And that is the mystery, genetic corruption. Noah was perfect in his generation. It wasn't that Noah was a perfect man. He was righteous before God. He found grace the way we find grace, unmerited favor. He found grace, but he wasn't perfect. That word for perfect is ta'im in the Hebrew, meaning he was intact. He was unblemished. His, his genes were still intact. His genetic makeup as a human being was still intact. But yet violence filled the earth also during those days. And we see how violence right now is increasing. Violence right now is increasing everywhere you look. Episode six, we talked about that. We talked about the violence increasing everywhere you look because it's becoming like the days of Noah. But also, we're starting to see many doctors, scientists, labs, pharmaceutical companies, different countries going into gene experimentation. Even the WEF, the World Economic Forum, talks about being transhuman in the next coming years and in the coming years, maybe in five years, maybe in three. It's somewhere between three and five years where they want to start using technology and different type of genetic upgrades to help human beings live longer, uh, to fix human beings defects such as eyesight, uh, cancers. Um, genetic defects. They want to use other genomes and other genetic sequences to help genetic defects in a human being. This was the same thing that was going on in the days of Noah. The same exact thing. But it was happening in a different way with the fallen angels mating with the women and giving birth to the Nephilim. Now, remember, fallen angels are spiritual beings, but they can also appear in human-like form. I believe that. The Bible confirms that. Just the way God's angels can appear in human form, I believe fallen angels can do the same thing. 
And that's in the scripture. And we're going to go through this. These are deeper studies, folks. These are deeper studies. And I would venture for you to say, to read this yourself, look at the original language. It's called exegetical study, exegesis. See what the word brings out of it. I'm not reading into the word what it doesn't say. The sons of God were Bena Elohim. They were angelic beings, a direct creation of God. Adam was a direct creation. God created Adam directly. We are the descendants of Adam. God didn't create us directly. He formed us, but he didn't create us directly. We went through the process of being formed in the womb, giving, you know, our, our parents, our mom giving birth to us, our mothers giving birth to us. We come through the womb, but we have what? We have a fallen nature. We go through the stages of growing up, etc. Adam didn't, was not born as a baby. Adam was created directly as an adult, directly by God's hands. And the same thing with the angels. But we see in the New Testament, pay attention to this. We see in the New Testament that Peter and Jude mentioned that the angels left their first estate. They left their first abode. That means that where they were supposed to be, they were created as divine beings. And they were supposed to be in another dimension. They were supposed to be in the spiritual realm. They crossed over their first estate. And they came where? They came into the terrestrial realm. The terrestrial realm is earth. That's what we see with our natural eye. Human beings, trees, the creation of God. Trees, the grass, uh, you know, the sky, these type of things. That's the terrestrial realm. But then you have a spiritual realm. So the angels, the sons of God, crossed over. And they saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they started taking them. And it says in other books, says in other books that they were started forcefully taking them as raping them. So this, these are, these are things that we don't really hear in our church services on Sunday. And that's fine. But. We want to get you to a point on this podcast where you under really understand the word of God and what's really going on around you. Violence is increasing. And that was one marker of the times of Noah, the antediluvian age. That's what it's called. And also genetic experimentation and genetic splicing. A mixture of the gene pool of something that's beyond human was happening in Noah's day. And it's also going to happen. If if not, it's happening already. It's just not on a large scale where we can see it with the public eye yet because it's very hidden. But it's going to come. The, the World Economic Forum and other world organizations are talking about what transhumanism is. Understand this, folks. This is not conspiracy theory. This is the word of God coming alive right to you. This is episode seven of the Truth First Missions podcast, biblical prophecy in light of current events. Check these scriptures out. See it in the original language. In episode eight, we're going to talk about the, um, the other side of why people don't think the sons of God are the fallen angels. And I'm going to show you why they are. But then we're going to move down the trail of what was going on in Noah's day because it'll give us an understanding how close we are Jesus didn't say these things 
just to say them because they sounded spiritual. They sounded, they sounded uh, deep. He was the son of God. He was God in the flesh. He knew what he was saying. So when he said, the, such as the way it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the son of man, we better pay attention to that and say, okay, if he's saying that it's going to be like the days of Noah before he comes, let me go back and see what was going on there. And you see different markers of what was going on there. Violence, the increase of bloodshed, the increase of brutal violence being one marker. And that's what we went over in episode six. We see that. We see it increasing. The stuff that you hear on the news, the amount of murder, especially in the younger generation, the brutality of people, the hatred. Folks, we see the markers all over. But yet there's one mystery that we are missing because many people don't understand. They haven't been taught this. That the sons of God came into the came into the wombs of the women, the human women, and created a hybrid species. They created the Nephilim. They were the giants, the fallen ones in the original language. They're called the Nephal, the Nephal. Now we see here that in this generation, world organizations are talking about being transhuman, using genetic sequences from animals from other type of species to help human beings out with their defects, with their genetic defects. That was happening in the days of Noah as well. And best believe that the fallen angels are bringing this type of knowledge through the spiritual realm to the terrestrial realm into the minds of these people. The spiritual realm is telepathic i want to repeat that again the spiritual realm makes contact through telepathy it is telepathic that's why the war is in your mind that's why the bible says renew your mind put on the mind of christ renew the spirit of your mind because it's your thoughts it's what inspires you it's what's in your heart these fallen angels are doing the same thing the violence is increasing because the wickedness of man is increasing. The rebellion against God is increasing. But also, the fallen angels and their technology are coming back on the scene in this generation. So it will be like the, like the days of Noah, as in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Folks, we're there. Now, like he said in the word, like the Lord said in the word, no one knows the day or the hour, but we got to be vigilant and keep our eyes open. He didn't say because you don't know the day and the hour, just ignore it and just go on down the trail and who cares? No, he said, be vigilant, be sober. The devil prowls around looking for someone who he may devour. We see that. He also says, keep watch. He says, look up when these things happen, your redemption is drawing near. So he's trying to tell you, look up, be watchful. He talks about a thief coming in the middle of the night because people were not watchful. They didn't see him coming. We're here, folks. And this is where we get into the Bible for truth. Turn off the TV. Stop flicking through Rumble and YouTube all the time for information and get into the Bible. The Lord will speak to you. He will speak to you. He will tell you what's going on.
I pray and I hope that you're having a blessed week so far. This was an, another longer podcast, but we were going into some deep things. Please listen again. Read the scriptures yourself. Do the exegetical study yourself. See that what I'm saying is true. And if you have any questions, reach back out to me on the platform that I send this podcast to you. Reach back out to me. We can discuss it. And I can show you in the Hebrew language what the Bible really says about a genetic intrusion of a demonic origin. And also the violence that is we're seeing increasing dramatically daily in our society. And that was happening in the times of Noah. As Jesus said, as Jesus said, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ is the true folks. What he said is true and it's going to come to pass. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will remain. It will never pass away. Let's get back into his word. God bless you. God bless your families, wherever you're listening to me from. In the morning, it could be the morning, night, evening. Middle of the day, blessings to you. Pass this along. Share this with other people. That we, Lord, that we, my prayer is that the Lord brings this out to the masses and people can share it and understand what's really happening in their society. And this is worldwide. This is not only local to the United States, Canada, Europe. This is worldwide. These uh, world organizations. This is global. They're global. Every society is going to be affected by what the Lord talked about. The increase of violence, a genetic intrusion of demonic origin into the human genome. It's already happening and it's going to happen globally. Share this teaching. God bless you. This is episode seven of the Truth First Missions podcast, biblical prophecy in light of current events. Keep the faith and stay running the good race. God bless you. Bye bye.